Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so glad that you are here today. But before we get started with the interview, I have a favor to ask you. So if you will take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, you name it, take a screenshot and post it on your social media. When you do, tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that for two reasons. Number one, I just want to hear how things are going and seeing how different episodes are resonating with the audience. The second reason that I do that is that I want to get this information into as many people's hands as possible. Before I started getting book deals and being part of podcast networks, I honestly did not even care how many downloads I had because I don't really care how many downloads I have, but I do care about people's lives being changed. I do care about people recognizing that whatever it is that they're going through, that there's hope on the other side of that situation. And the more times these episodes are shared, the more we can each do our part to help change lives and build the kingdom. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I'm going to read my guest's bio and we're going to get into what I know is going to be a good conversation because I know her. Like there's some people I interview and I have no idea what they're going to say or how they're going to say it. (laughs) I know her. So I, I can guarantee you that this is going to be A good conversation. So here we go. Live significantly. That's the inspiring message of today's guest. She's an award-winning author, popular speaker, astute Bible teacher, and founder and CEO of Life That Matters Ministries and Authorize Me Literary Firm. She encourages everyone who will listen to live a life that matters. She has published 14 titles. Obviously, I'm not going to read all of those, but just know she's published 14 books and some are for kids and they're really good. So you can find out more about her at lifethatmatters.net. But my guest is amazed at how God's goodness has brought her from being straight out of Compton to standing before great people and teaching audiences domestically and internationally. Dedicated to teaching and learning, she is a cum laude college graduate of Biola University, Biola a bachelor's of arts and liberal studies, holder of a doctorate of theology degree from HSBN International School of Ministry and member of several prestigious organizations. She is also a religious broadcaster hosting her own show, Life That Matters with Sharon Norris Elliott on the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, Roku and other networks. The show is also available on Facebook Live, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and several other platforms. Under the Life That Matters Ministries umbrella are her two companies, Milk and Honey Life Retreats. They rival any girl's getaway for both fun and faith enhancement. And through her Authorize Me literary firm, she edits others' work, mentors up-and-coming writers and speakers, 
coaches writers, writers as they draft their manuscripts and conducts hands-on masterclasses, personally assisting attendees towards their publishing goals. She's retired. She was a teacher for a long time, and now she <laughs> lives in California with her fabulous husband. So I want to welcome to the show, Sharon Elliott. Hey, Shana. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So before we get started with the conversation, I just want to give a little bit of context to the conversation, because when people hear the name of my platforms, a God shift, you get a lot of oohs and ahs. But if we're being honest, nobody knows what the heck a God shift is. (laughs) So my definition of a God shift is the moment that we ditch disruption or delay in our lives, collide with God's purpose, and then that's what moves us into a greater destiny. And I believe that one of the ways that we can actually partner along this God shift process is by exercising our kingdom authority, the authority that has been given to us as believers. And for me, I think of kingdom authority as it's our birthright as a child of God to actually be able to make things happen in our lives by partnering with what it is that scripture says. And so, Sharon, I always like to start all of my interviews off by asking my guests, like, what is your own personal definition of kingdom authority? I agree with you, um, Shana, that kingdom authority is taking what you know God has said and making that your opinion. Yes as well. So if, if God says I can do it, duh, right? <laughs> I can do it. If if God says I shouldn't do it, hello, I shouldn't do it. I am taking my uh, authority straight from God's word. Yeah. What God has said. And so uh, he can't, he can't lie. He can't fail. Um, everything he says is going to come to pass is going to come to pass. So um, if I'm going to have kingdom authority, I'm going to stand on what cannot fall. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think about kingdom authority. I love that. And I also know what the other thing that he can't do where he, well, he could, but he just won't, he won't do it without us. I heard someone say, we can't do it without him and he won't do it without us. And I'm always, it never ceases to amaze me the number of people that because we know that God is amazing and all powerful and all knowing and all the things he is that they don't recognize that there's things that he expects of us as well. And so when I talk to people about, you know, the authority that they have, you know, how they can grow their faith and how they can overcome adversity, they always want to go back to the pillars of, Oh, you just have to trust God and you just have to believe and you just have to stay in the word and you just have to pray. And all of those things are great. But what is it that you think he expects of you to do? Like, he's not going to just let you sit back idly and and be like, okay, God, do me. You've shown me all of these great things that are going to be in my future. Now I'm just going to sit back and and let that and let that happen. But even seasoned believers, they think like that. Right. I I think of when the children of Israel came out of bondage and had to go back and build the wall. Right. God said, okay, go back. You get to go back in. He, He gave... The um, heathen king, right, was on their side. I mean, the whole thing was a trip, right? And But guess what? The wall didn't get built unless they did the work. Yeah. Right? In fact, there's a verse in Haggai that I love. I believe it's Haggai 2.4 um, that, you know, says, be strong and work. Yeah. Right? My mother used to say it this way. Uh, pray like everything depends on God. Work like everything depends on you. That's so good. 
I also feel like that's the difference between belief and faith. Like belief is what we think, but faith is actually what what we do. That's right. And one thing, you know, in this season, you know, everybody's really big on identity. You need to know who you are. You need to know whose you are. And I do believe that those things are important. But if I know who I am, and I know who I belong to, but I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to operate in who God made me to be and who I am as his child. Then what good is it for me to know who I am? Like you're, you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to accomplish anything if you're not also in the doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would love to hear, Sharon, you've accomplished some great things. You were a teacher for a very long time. Um, You overcame the streets of being straight out of Compton. You know, you're doing all of these great (laughs) things now to help publishers and to help or to help um, authors become published and to help women, um, you know, in their faith and in their life. And so I'm curious, you know, keeping with this theme of what we have identified as kingdom authority, can you share a time that you've actually had to operate in that authority to get to where you are today? Yeah, I think um, I was very fortunate in having parents who um, were the type of parents that really meant it when they said, you could be anything you want to (laughs) be, that kind of thing. But I remember... Wow, there are several different times, Shana, that I really had to stand on that. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back all the way to high school, for example, um, I had a counselor who uh, told me that because I came through uh, public schools, I was not going to be successful wow. at a four-year university. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't have these words at the time that I use all the time now which is, have you met me? Right. (laughs) You know, what? And so I made it my business to apply to even other colleges that I hadn't planned to apply to, right? I I wanted to go to a historically Black college. I wanted to go to Spelman. I had applied to Spelman. That was kind of going to be my thing. But then when that lady told me that, I said, hmm, okay. So I applied to a couple of Ivy League schools, <laughs> you know, in the whole shot. And I got accepted to all of them. Wow. And back in the day, because I'm a little bit older than you, uh, back in the day, there were no computers. Everything came in a letter and they had those beautiful seals on the letters. Yeah. I took those letters and fanned them out like you do playing cards. Uh-huh. And, I, and I went into her office and put them on her desk and said, I just haven't made up my mind. Wow. Right. Now I consider that kingdom authority because I knew, I knew who I was. Yeah. And how dare you tell me, you know, what I can't do. Yeah. Or, or, it just or, further proves that identity and authority have to go hand in they hand. Have to, and you yeah. have to believe Exactly. In who you are. Exactly. Because you can't you can't have authority if you don't know who you are mm-hmm. and you 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 have to be able to utilize who you are or you don't have any authority. So they go in tandem. You really can't have right. you know, one one without the other. And so what would you say that you kind of learned during the during this process of like, you know what? No, I can do what it is that I want to do. And I'm going to make sure that I am in action in order to get traction in that area. What did you kind of learn during that process? Right. Well, in in, uh, connection with that, I was um, 
going to church. You know, I had, I've been a believer. My dad was a pastor, you know, the whole thing. And I think all of it came together for me, mm-hmm. actually acting on it. Right. And I think it solidified, you know, the fact that who I, who I was in myself, right. Who I was, now, this is mid seventies. Yeah. Even so more I, important to know. Right. So who I was as a black woman, right. Yeah. Cause we were black and proud. Right. I was just getting ready to say, if you're only listening to the audio and you can't see the video, she's black. <laughs> so you see yes, why I, I say that. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, we were black and proud. We were, we had overcome, you know, <laughs> you know, the whole thing yet to have someone try to speak that over me. Right. Um, my faith, and who I was socially, yeah, I think came together for me to be able to say, oh, no, no, <laughs> you know, and, and there have been other instant instances um, since then, not only standing up for myself as a Black woman, but as a Christian woman, yeah. you know, whatever that have come, that I think that one incident kind of solidified the fact that you know, no, no, no. <laughs> this is, I can speak into what's going to happen to me. And I know what I can um, say no to. Mm-hmm. I know what um, I, I get to get to accept yeah, or not accept um, within the writing world. You know, there's been times that I've had to say, no, no, right. This is, this is what I do, or this is not what I do. Mm-hmm. So um, kingdom authority, when, when you are free, oh my gosh, that verse that tells us we are free indeed, right? Mm-hmm. I'm free in Christ. I'm free indeed. Um, it means that I am free to say no to what is going to um, degrade myself as a person, as a woman, as a believer, right? Christians get all kinds of, you know, shade. Yeah. Right. Nobody, oh, you're just, you're just a hater and you're just, no, no, no. (laughs) Right. I can speak into those kinds of misunderstandings. Yeah. Okay. Because the truth is what sets us free. I want to unpack something you said. So 70% of my audience is female. And I noticed that more often than not, it's the females that have more of a tendency to shrink back when someone is telling them like what they can't do. They're more willing to accept that and not really be bold. Like why? Two, two questions. One, why do you think that is that women are so likely to shrink back in the face of, of adversity? And then what would you say to a woman that was like, man, I wish I could start moving forward with that same level of boldness when somebody's telling me that I can or can't do something? Shana, there's so much that feeds into why, you know, as women, we do what we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where we were, I don't think it's happening now, but we were taught as little girls to, you know, to be demure, to, to, um, you know, let the man lead those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not saying you shouldn't have, you know, a husband who can lead. I'm not saying right. that, 
but um, so much of that was fed into who we were to be, right? Mm -hmm. Second, you know, what have you, and then bring society just into it, right? Men always had the, the, the front seats, the driver's seat, um, the leadership. And then if you were a woman who came into leadership, you were just not looked at as just, oh, she's the president or yeah. she's the principal. You know, there had to be some other kind of hardness or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so all of that is so mixed in together that um, I think we tend to not be able to unpack that for ourselves um, as women and just be who we are. And then let's, let's throw in the, the racial component right, of, of Black people, right, not being looked at as even having the ability yeah. to lead or the intelligence to lead. Uh, Black men, you know, have that same problem, right, that's mm -hmm. over them. And then let's pack on, then if you do speak out as a Black woman, now you're angry. Yeah, Wait, you're the what? angry Black woman now. What, what? Why can't it just be that I'm in disagreement with what just was said, and now I'm going to state what my opinion is in re in response to your opinion? That doesn't make me angry. It it's makes not. me want to have an equal voice. And, you know, the other thing that is really shocking to me as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, like this describes imposter syndrome all, all day long. And this is the one area that you would think that social media would be, have a positive impact because it's not like back in the sixties or seventies where there may not have been, been as much visual representation of women in leadership, black women in, in position. Mm -hmm. But you see all these things on social media nowadays that give you the evidence of the fact that we are in positions and we are in roles of authority, but yet here we are 2023 at the time of this recording and the majority of women or the number of women that suffer from imposter syndrome is still such a big number. Yeah. Yeah. I, until we are comfortable in our own skin. Yeah. Um, and enter places sitting at the table, not serving the table. Yeah. Sitting at the table and being okay, right? Even to teach the other people at the table, right? That no, no, my colleague, I'm not angry. Right. I'm, I'm, it could be that I'm just right. <laughs> How about that possibility? Let's try that. <laughs> And being using the authority to build the table, you know, if you're not being asked to come to the table, use the authority that you have to build the table. You know, scripture tells us Absolutely. that we are heirs of Christ. So mm -hmm. if I'm an heir of Christ, that means that there are some advantages um, that I should be able to, to take. I, there's some things I should be able to take advantage of. And if I'm not being invited to the table, then I can use my authority um, to, to build the table myself and invite other women to sit at it with me. Right. Which is what I think I've done um, with my literary firm. Um, I've been in the business uh, of writing for 30 plus years and have been, you know, getting to know publishing houses and publishers and things like that. And not once in all that time had anyone ever invited me 
Yeah. To a table. Right. right? Would you be interested in working with this publisher? You know, not once. And I just kept on doing what I was doing. I'm writing my books. I'm getting them published, you know, what have you. And then when it came time for me to retire and, but I wanted to keep going, right. In writing, um, I said, well, let me make my own. Mm-hmm. Let me start my own firm. Yeah. And I even had talked with someone else about joining that firm. And while they, they were just taking a little bit too long to think about it. <laughs> you said so, you lose. Yeah. And so God just started opening doors. Yeah. And I am, I've always told people, I'm just silly enough to go through the doors God opens. Right. I'm not going to worry about what's on the other side, because if he's opening the door, it's got to be good. And that's authority in and of, in and of itself to, to say, listen, no, this door has opened and this is a door that God has opened. Right. And, you know, in the in scripture where it talks about, like, you know, not allowing any man to, you know, is not going to be able to shut those doors. And so I, it doesn't matter to me what's going on around me. It doesn't matter about the chatter that I'm hearing, what it is that I'm seeing with my eyes. But if he opened the door, then I recognize that I have the authority, you know, to 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 walk through that door. So I, I think all of these are just examples of authority. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some advice and tips of how people can begin to put authority together in their own lives. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So we've given so many um, examples of what authority is. You and I have both shared some examples from our own lives of where we've actually had to utilize our authority. But if there is someone who is listening to this episode, Sharon, and they're actually struggling to recognize that they have authority to shift things to a better place in their own life, what advice would you give them? The first thing I would say is, sister could be a brother it might be sisters right um take heart you are able i don't care how many voices you're hearing Mm -hmm. that are telling you you can't do it or you're too old now or you waited too long or you don't have the education forget all of that you can't if god has let you wake up That means you have another opportunity to do what he's calling you to do. Yeah. So the first thing is, and there's no other way to do it, but to just, it's like, buck yourself up and start, start saying to yourself, I am able. Yeah. I can do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then whatever that this is for you take the first step. It's, it's really, it seems like, oh, that's it. Yeah. That is it because you're not going to get 10 steps ahead until you take the first step. So whatever that might be, call somebody up and tell them 
this is what I want to do. Or call somebody up and ask them, do you have any ideas on how I can, you know, start this or that or the other? But whatever you do, go ahead and start. Yeah, I would like to add to that. Take the next one. (laughs) For sure. I would like to add to that, that it's important to do the right things well, because we can be doing the wrong things very well, or we can be doing the right things and not doing them well at all. You have to do the right things and you have to do them well. And so what I say to people when they're going into a territory that they haven't been in before, they're doing something that they've never done before. I said, find someone who has done that. But here's the question you want to ask them. What should I do first? Yes. Don't ask them what they did first, because usually after we've done some things a while, we realize that in building the foundation, there's some things that we may have done out of order. And so ask them, if you were to start over today doing what it is that you're doing, what is it that I should do first? And that's one of those reasons that I don't like that question of like, what's your five-year plan? Because people can get so hung up on focusing like 80% of their time and resources on things that need to be done in year four or five and neglect the fact that the foundation that you put in place in year one is really going to determine, number one, if you ever get to year five and number two, how great year five is going to be. And so it would be like trying to build walls and a roof on a house that had no foundation. It's just going to keep falling. So if you're starting a new career path, if you're going into a business, if you're doing anything because God is calling you to something new, you need to do the research to make sure that you're doing the right things well and in the right order. Because if not, you run the risk of feeling like, oh, I missed it. I didn't hear him correctly. Oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. Who did I think I was to do this anyway? And it's just that you weren't doing the right things well, or you weren't doing things in the right order. So yes, it is as simple as sometimes you just got to put on your big girl pants and your big boy pants and just do what it is that he told you to do. But we live in the land of information. So there's no excuse. Unless what you're doing is so futuristic, you should be able to Google it and find some information, or you should be able to find someone who's done something either exactly like that or at least something similar so that you know that you're focused on the right things. And that's going to give you more traction because it's kind of like a diet pill. If I take a diet pill and I'm not losing no weight, I'm like, oh, so I took this pill and I didn't starve myself and gave up my potato chips and there's no traction. I'm not going to keep with that. Mm -hmm. So if you do the right things in the right order, it gives you that, that, that uh, victory of saying like, oh, I got that. I got that step right. And then you're more likely to move on to the next step because we're really only concerned about the last step anyway, if we're being honest. Right. And that's and I like what you said about, you know, the, the right things in the right order, always doing things excellently. Yeah. Um, but another another strategy, too, is to do some backward planning. Yes. Um, where do you want to be? So, OK, you know, the vision. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Well, what step comes right before where you want to be? Yeah. And then what step comes right before that? You know, and then keep backward planning. Yeah. So you get to where you are today. Right. And then that that'll keep exactly what you said, Shana, keeping things in the right order. Um, and latching latch on to people who are successful. Successful people love to help people. They do. And they we're not there to ask. Like most of us don't mind lifting as we climb. Most of us don't mind allowing our losses to be your lessons. Because if I've done this before, 
why would I not want to shortcut your path to success and say, well, let me let me first tell you what not to do. Because I made a grave mistake when I was being called to something new that I filtered the new vision through old perspective. Because anytime we've done something a certain way for a number of years, or we've been in a particular industry for a number of years, we have a tendency to see everything through that lens. And the Lord was telling me, you know, television shows, stadiums, celebrities and politicians. And even though the vision that he gave me was very clear, I thought I needed to be doing something now. And I didn't even give him a version of the vision to bless. I just went and created a coaching business out of it because that's what I'd done since 2007. And so what you're describing gives us the opportunity to make sure that we don't make some, you know, grave mistakes along the way. I think it also, what you just described puts us in a position to be able to discern whether or not opportunities are good for us or not, because just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean it's a good opportunity for you or for right now. And so if you've done what Sharon said and you figured out what the vision is and you're now backtracking what the steps need to be to get to that and an opportunity pops up, it gives you the ability to check it against your list of what it is that you're doing to get where you're going to go. That is a great opportunity, just not for me and where it is that I'm going right now. Right. And don't underestimate helping other people who are getting, who are a little further along. Mm -hmm. Than you, um, one the the next book that I want to write, right, has to do with those all those people who are in second place. Mm-hmm. When you look at all the people who are in second place in the Bible, they ended up doing better than the people who they helped. Yeah, but they were faithful yeah. to the position that God had put them in, and learned so much along the way. So don't you know bulk at helping someone else um, as you are learning. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. So Sharon, before we begin to wrap the conversation up and tell people where they can find you and and get help from you, et cetera, et cetera, what would be some final words uh, that you would have for our listeners? Oh, man. Didn't we just give them? No. (laughs) You can say you can say rewind and listen again. Yeah, rewind that part that started with um no but um trust trust god to take you to the shift yeah but you've probably heard you know sayings that say something like the the journey is the reward you know or something like that well that is true um if you if if you read through your bible you will find first of all that god does not do things the same way over and over again. Yeah. He has he has a, a vision for each of us, for his people in the Bible, for us now, that he's gonna work out just for you. Yeah. And the way he wants for you to do it. Right. Okay. Um, and so he's so creative. There's no way that you're gonna be able to be bored you know, with following what he has you to do. And once you get to where you thought you were going, you're going to find out, oh, there's still some more heights. Yeah. <laughs> what? And so, yeah, just trust God. He will not ever let you down. Yeah. Ever. But put in the time to get to know him. Most right. definitely. That's you what, not, way you can trust it. 
Yes, you are not going anywhere if you do not take the time to spend time in God's presence. Yeah. Right. So that and you'll attune your ear to his voice. Right. And I like to say, like, Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Right. The bigger that child grew in her, just like any other pregnant woman, the more that she could feel. Right. Baby move. Well, it's the same with Jesus in your life. The bigger he grows in you, the more you feel, more you're going to feel him move. I'm going to use that. You're going to hear that again. (laughs) Yep. And then follow him. Yeah. After, after he was birthed right in her, she became his follower. Yeah. Right. And so follow and don't be ashamed of the fact that you're doing what you're doing because God is leading you. Yeah. Do not be ashamed of that. And you'll be good. Yeah, that's so good. And sometimes hard to do because sometimes that's not always popular. But the word tells us that, you know, about that narrow path, you know, sometimes the the least popular, the least comfortable, the least um, liked path is going to, you know, is the one that we need to be on um, anyway. But so, Sharon, how can they uh, follow you on social media? Yay! So you can follow me. I'm all over the place on social media. You could just look up my name, really, Sharon Norris Elliott or Sane Writer. And that doesn't mean that I'm not crazy, like Sane. S-A-N-E really is, are my initials, okay? So yeah. You can look me up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm even on TikTok, Shana, because I'm cool. I'm that cool. All right now. <laughs> look up Authorize Me. You can look up Sharon Norris Elliott, um, Sane Writer. All those names will get you kind of to the same place. Uh, my website is either lifethatmatters.net mm-hmm. or authorizeme.net. Right. So you can find me there. You can reach out. Um, if you are interested, for example, in writing a book, you can reach out to me through the Authorize Me. Um, click on the website and we can talk about that. If you're interested in um, you know, having a speaking ministry, right? I can guide you in that way. So yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> awesome. And so if people want to take things further with you, is that what you would recommend going to those websites and yeah, I recommend going to definitely going to the website, the authorizeme.net might be the easiest to remember. Okay. Um, yeah, and then you'll find you can click click around, surf, surf around, right? The internet and you'll find how to get in contact with me. Really. Okay, and I'm going to make sure that the links to all of that um, are in the show notes so that you guys really don't have to rewind and replay it again so that all you have to do is click it. So Sharon, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your nuggets with the God Shift Movement people. And everyone, again, share, share, share this episode. The more times we do that, the more people's lives can be changed. And I pray that this episode has blessed you and that you will listen to another episode again in the near future. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.